0: Welcome to the River Valley Podcast. River Valley is a group of people seeking to connect to Jesus and connect to each other, and we're excited that you're here. Whether you're listening at home, on the job, maybe at the gym, in the car, wherever you're joining us, I hope that you'll open up your heart, open up your mind, and receive a fresh word from the Lord today. Enjoy the message.
1: I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you are one of Jesus' disciples. You've been walking with Him now for three and a half years. You've seen Him do miracles. You've seen crowds grow big, crowds grow small sometimes. You've seen Him now be crucified on the cross, be buried in the tomb, be resurrected from the dead. He literally came alive after three days after you had seen Him crucified. But now it's at the very end of His earthly ministry, and you're standing on the mount, and He's about to ascend into heaven. What do you do? Like every preconception you had of what you thought would happen is just going away. I mean, where do you start? We're going to read a text in just a moment, and the Bible says that as the people were coming together that some of them doubted. And I always wondered about this text, because think about it for a second. Think about sitting there and doubting after you see Jesus resurrected. What were they doubting? I think what they were doubting was, what do we do now? How do we start? I mean, one of them would say, hey, we, we could feed people. He had a feeding ministry. Somebody said, well, he had a teaching ministry. Somebody would say, well, you know, all of these things. And so, Jesus is going to narrow down what that He wants us to do today. He's going to narrow down from all of the confusion what He wants to do today. And I'm going to clarify for you a few things that, that I think that the Lord is saying to us as well. And so, we're going to read this text, Matthew chapter 28, and uh, this is the Great Commission. If you've never seen this, that's what it is. And uh, I want you to read this, and here's what we're going to do. So I told you we're going to talk a lot in this service. So I want you to stand to your feet, stand to your feet, and we're going to read this text together we're going to read it out loud together, we're going to do this multiple times. But at the end of this, I'm going to say, this is the word of the Lord, and you're going to respond to me, and we believe it. Okay? All right, so now, I want you, if you believe it, to say it. I want you, if you don't, don't. But here's what I'm challenging you to do, to see God move, to really plant yourself in His word, this is the word of the Lord, and you're going to respond, we believe it. So out loud together, here we go. The eleven disciples traveled to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had directed them. When they saw Him, they worshiped Him, but some doubted. Jesus came near and said to them, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of the Lord, and we believe it. Amen. You guys may be seated. This is what God is telling the church of Jesus Christ to do. Now I want you to remember at this point, they're already disciples. They're already followers of Jesus. He says, I want you, so so it's a little bit ahead for some of you because some of you, you're not a disciple yet. There's a difference between a disciple and a Christian if you want to make that distinction. A lot of times we we use the comparison of an apprentice, and certainly they had apprenticeship in this day. An apprentice has a gift or a skill that he teaches other people to do. But the problem with the apprenticeship illustration is it's not discipleship. See in this day, a disciple left his home, and he knocked on the door of the master. And he said, I want to disciple myself to you, meaning I want to join with you. You, I will live with you, I will eat with you, I will go where you go, I will do what you do. Of course I want you to teach me this skill, but I want to give my life, to be a follower of you. That's what a disciple is, it is a disciplined follower of a master. And Jesus is calling us to be disciples, to be disciplined followers of a master. And when we are disciples, what are we supposed to do now? Go out and make other disciples. Go out and make other disciples, who will then go and grow in their faith, and they will go out and make other disciples, and they will go out and make other disciples. It is this replicating process. You be a disciple, you be a disciple-maker along the way. So the Bible says here's how you do it, it's really simple. Go, baptize, and teach. Go, baptize, and teach. So we say reaching, helping, and connecting to Jesus at River Valley. So let's talk about go for a second. Go. I, uh, I told the, the, the people who were here on Wednesday night that I have overemphasized what happens when you go correctly. You see, when you go out to your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, people around you, students, to those people who are in your groups, and you begin to talk to them about Jesus, you begin to witness to them, you begin to invite them to church, well, guess what? They come. And they stay, and they get saved, and then the church grows. That's a natural outcropping of what happens when we go. But the problem is is I've emphasized the outcome, not the input, and God says just go. Just go. The reason I did it, honestly, is in the early days so many people came to our church and they were like, oh, I've been looking for exactly this. I've been looking for a little church. Now look around you, there's 500 seats in here. All right? This is one service. We're doing okay. All right? But they would say, you know, I've been looking for a little church, and then they would look at me and for a pastor to take care of me. That's what they would say to me, and and you, you know, let, first of all, I didn't think that we were going to be a little church for long. Second of all, you don't want me taking care of you. You don't, all right? My wife was sick a couple of weeks ago. At best, I did okay. I mean, you, you know, like, and I thought I did great, and she was like, eh. yeah. All right. But, but I wanted people to know that, hey, we believe that we're going to reach hundreds and eventually thousands for Jesus. So, I emphasize that back in without the front end. The front end is where the emphasis is, is just go. Just be faithful to go to your friends, your family, your coworkers, and your neighbors, and watch me show up. The church will grow because of that, but that's not the emphasis. And I've done that. I've done that poorly. I've led us poorly in that area in the last few days. Now, what's cool about our church is that we have this unbelievably unique advantage? I was at a church. Uh, uh, I was uh, long before River Valley. I was at another church, and I was witnessing to a few men, uh, to a few, uh, a group of, of men, and these men these were men of color. And so I told them about Jesus, invited them to our church, and they said, "Well, if I go there, isn't that a white church?" And uh, and I said, "I said no." Now. There were only white people in this church, right? so—and so, I, and I understood both perspectives. Like, I, I really—God tr- was doing an amazing work in this church, and there were wonderful people, and I really and truly believe that if they would have come, they would have been met with uh, nothing but open arms. I mean, nothing but welcoming in. Sure, there's always a closet racist in every group, but we'll deal with that dude, all right? I mean, we'll just, you know, just—but but I truly, truly believe that they would be welcomed in. But I also understood from their perspective, what would it be like to walk into a church with the entire congregation being, diff- being a different skin tone than you? Well, one of two things would happen. You would either feel incredibly awkward the entire time. Or they would welcome you, and you'd be like, that was a great experience. Now, here's what's cool about River Valley, is that ladder is always true. I believe that you will be welcomed here, but you will also, because we have uh, worked so hard and and God is doing a cool work among us, that we have people more and more and more and more all the time, that when you walk in, you're going to find people like you. You're going to find people that look like you. We want Sunday morning to look like heaven at River Valley. We want every—I'm going to show you a verse. This is Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. Put that one up there. And I want you to look, and this is what heaven looks like. Every nation, every tribe, every people, every language gathered around the throne of God. We want a church service. We want a church that looks like heaven. Amen? That's what we want. And so, we want you to come and you to find, oh, that's them. That's them. That's them. And so, we're going to read this verse together, and this time I'm going to say this is the word of the Lord, and you're going to repeat back to me, and we want it. This is what we want. It's not that we've arrived yet, but we are on our way. This is the word of the Lord. This is what we want. Read this aloud together with me. Verse 9, after this I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands." This is the Word of the Lord, and we want it! We want it! We want our friends, our family, our coworkers, our neighbors to come to Jesus Christ as Lord. So we need to go. We need to be diligent in finding those people. We need to be diligent in witnessing. We need to be diligent in inviting our neighbors. We need to do everything that we can to invite them along the way, say, where can you go? What can you do? So here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you some resources. I want to help you. Nice. Vicki, you are quicker than the last service. Here's my prayer. You and I are surrounded by people that are literally dying and going to hell. And it bothers us when it's a goldfish, but if you're like me, you walk by them every single day and don't give a second thought that they are literally dying and going to a place called hell. And that should bother us, but it should bother us that so many people that we know don't know Jesus Christ. And somebody's got to stand up and say, save the fish! Put the fish back! And there's got to be a church in Bastrop County that says, save the people, because only Jesus can do it. Only Jesus can bring them hope and healing. They are floundering without him. Only Jesus can save. Somebody's got to save the people, and we'll be that people. We will be the people who go into the world and preach the gospel. My favorite part of that illustration—you guys know—I I, I really enjoy humor. So I went to Petco yesterday. I got a friend of mine, a mentor, gave me this illustration, and uh, the the uh, the guy at Petco goes, "Hey." Uh, uh, can I help you?" And I was like, I need some fish. And he goes, for what? And I said, well—yeah, uh, yeah, no, because I was, I was like, you know, I didn't know if there was like a, like a pet, you know, people that—or whatever. And so, uh, so, he goes, I was like, well—and he goes, no, just, just tell me. And I told him, and he goes, I can help you with that. And he knew like everything about fish. He was awesome. And his name was Will Smith, and he said, no, no, it was perfect timing. I wish you could have been there, because he goes, I said, what's your name? He said, Will Smith. And I said, hey, Will, I'm Chris Rock. (laughs) Perfect. It was perfect. I invited him to church. I invited him to church. He said he couldn't go, so I told him that I would take this video as soon as we're done, and I'm going to go take it and show him his illustration. So you guys thank Will Smith for his help. Yeah. And we're going to pray for Will Smith at the end. Will, we're going to pray for you here in just a few minutes. Now, the second thing that the Bible says, go and then baptize. Go and then baptize. I told the, ch- I told the staff last week, I told them, I said, the Lord is going to do something with our baptisms. We've always talked about being a church of thousands, and I think that's going to happen. But I want us to begin to talk about being a church that baptizes thousands. I want us to see God work in the life of our baptisms, these are the people who begin their relationship with Jesus Christ. I had no—we uh, are going to baptize again next week. That's what I thought I would be announcing to you, but I said go ahead and put the baptism down here. I didn't really cl- connect it with Impact Weekend. So in the life of our, of our uh, church, I'm very proud of the fact that we've baptized 574 uh, people. That is awesome. But, the Bible says um, we are to go, we are to baptize, and we are to teach. So real quick, just the big idea here is that we are going to stand on the Word of God at River Valley. This is not new. This is not an adjustment for us. We do uh, things biblically, and so I just want—I think from time to time it is important for you to be reminded of the importance for us in the Bible, that we are going to do that. But the Bible says in this verse that we just read, teach them to do everything, so we are going to talk about t- tough topics from time to time, but everything we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're not going to learn the Word of God, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. All right, so here's the deal. So Jesus told them this, this, uh, told them this and they said, now here's what's important. Here's what's important. He said, um, I don't want you to leave Jerusalem until I send the Holy Spirit. So, so the Bible says they were all gathered around together afterwards. Put uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 14 up there. So I want you to notice what they did as they were waiting on God's Spirit to move. It says they were continually united, so they were together, and how were they united? They were united in prayer. The thing that I have not done well within our church that is about to shift is that we are going to practice corporate prayer. That we are going to do what this verse says, that that God sent His Spirit to a group of praying people together. And so, we're going to pray this morning that God would send His work. You've seen some of that already. We had no baptisms going into the weekend, and you just saw, what was it, 21? Uh, Baptisms And so, two in the next service. God's really and truly working here, but we're going to pray that God do that. And He said all of these people were together, and they were united in prayer. And so, here's what I want us to do. I want you guys to stand to your feet. And in a moment we're going to read this, and then we're going to have a time of prayer. And I want to tell you, some of you, you've, you've created a, a mental barrier, a roadblock to really and truly seeing God work in your life. And here's what it is. I, I have a lot of Christians, men especially, who say, I don't pray out loud. I pray all the time, I don't pray out loud. And if that's you, you've, you've, you've taken in something that is keeping you from your birthright, from your inheritance. The God of the universe is sitting on the throne and gives you, as a believer, access to go boldly to the throne of God. Don't let someone or fear or pride that you've never done it before or newness keep you from your birthright, keep you from your inheritance. That Jesus came into the world to clear a path that we can connect with God the Father. So we're going to pray, and I want you to pray out loud. We're going to help you to learn how to do that. Ben is going to lead us in doing that, but I want you to pray out loud. I want you to get over that barrier. Uh, In every service we've had people, I've never prayed out loud before. We're all doing it together. So it's not like you're praying in a group, we're all praying together. But I want you to literally practice this and pray out loud in doing that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to read this verse, and then I will say, this is the word of the Lord, and you will say, and we will follow it. We will actually do what the Bible says, this is the word of the Lord, and you'll say we will follow it, and we will follow what the Lord has for us. So here we go, let's read it out loud together. They were all continually united in prayer along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and His brothers. This is the word of the Lord, and we will follow it.
0: Jesus taught us to pray in the Bible. The disciples asked, how do, how do we pray? And he, he showed them. And many of us are familiar with that. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be my name. But we're going to use that. You can use scripture. It's something we often do. To pray. Um, And so there's a lot of prayers in the Bible. So we're going to use this today as our template and go piece by piece together. And we're going to pray out loud. And it's going to be a confession and a declaration that we're going to do. Be bold, be courageous. Let's do this together. We're going to start here. Uh, That prayer begins with our Father. And so what we want to do is we're going to thank God for your salvation experience. If you've given your life to Jesus, we want to take a moment and just remember and say, Thank you, Jesus, for my salvation experience. And we're going to pray for those. Who are going to be saved through this church through him using our church as a tool and so let's start with that just in your own words you can just read this if uh if you want to and we're just going to go one two three let's pray out loud god i thank you for my salvation experience father i can remember the day when it happened father and um and what you did and i can remember being baptized god and so i just thank you for that moment. I don't want to forget it. I don't want to forget the grabbing. I pray that it would help me see the lost in our community, God. And we pray for more baptisms, because that means more salvation in this Bastrop County, God. Would your kingdom go in your name. Okay, number two, in heaven, our Father in heaven. God is in heaven. He's king over the kingdom of heaven, and He does whatever He wants to. And so, we want to acknowledge God's authority in every area of our life and His rule over every person and activity that's going to happen in this church, okay? So, you pray that line, and we're going to do it together out loud right now. Here we go. God, we thank You that You are King, and we want Your kingdom, God. Whatever You want, we pray and declare Your authority over this place, Jesus, over my life. I give You my wife, my kids, my job, everything I put my hands and feet to, God. I declare that You are Lord over it, and You're Lord over uh, River Valley, God. Number three, we declare His name as honored, as holy. We're going to praise the names and characteristics of God the Father. We're going to give you some here if you want to use these, but there may be others. There's tons in the Bible that talks about Him as comforter, provider, healer, restorer, prince of peace, Lord of lords, king of kings. So pick one and just declare that to Him right now, giving Him praise. God, we declare that You are holy. Here we go. Let's do it together. We declare You're holy. God, we declare you're powerful, you're generous. I just feel the word, your provider, God. I declare that you're the provider of everything I need and this church needs. So we say it to you right now, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Number four over here, we pray his kingdom would come. We belong to Jesus and this building, this place, this church is a part of his kingdom to come. We pray for the kingdom salvation of our friends, family, co-workers, neighbors who don't know Jesus yet. Every one of us, when I say that, has a name. You have a friend, you have a neighbor, you have um, uh, somebody at work that you know right now. Pick one. And we're just going to surrender them to the Lord right now and pray for their salvation. Let's do it together, out loud, right now. God, I pray for um, my son Cress, my oldest, God. Um, it feels like he's ready and it just, he's not yet, and so I pray that he would give his life to you, Jesus, and uh, however you want to use me in that, Father, your way. Number five, your will be done. We want to submit ourselves and this whole place and everybody in it, you, uh, to his guidance on earth, just like it is in heaven. We're praying his kingdom come here. So submit yourself again. Just say, I surrender to you again. Whatever that means, Jesus, I trust you. Let's do it. Here we go. Out loud, together. Be bold. God, I declare that you are my king and my lord. I surrender again to you. Every facet of my life, God, I give to you. I want you to rule. I want you to go. God, your ways, not my ways. Your timing, not my timing. In your name, Father. Amen. Number six. Give us our daily bread. The number one need for us right now in this moment is that God, our Holy Spirit, would show up and do a work among us. So, I want us to invite His presence into this place, into your home, into your workplace. Just invite Him. Say, Holy Spirit, I want you to come into this place. Let's do it out loud together right now. God, I I ask your Holy Spirit to fill up my house, God. Push out anything that's not of you and just fill up my house. Fill up this place, God, with your Spirit, God. We want to see you move throughout this place, Jesus. You get to rule. You get to go. God, it's your presence. Number seven, that he would forgive us our sins. We pray that River Valley would be a repentant people. I want to be a person that's constantly repenting, him highlighting my sin and repenting from it. Not just the one time when I was saved, but over and over uh, because I don't want it. It's going to kill me. It's going to destroy my life. You know that. That's what sin does. I want life and abundant life in Jesus. And so we're going to take a moment and confess a sin to the Lord. I know that may feel awkward. You're like, I don't, I don't want anybody hearing my stuff right here, okay? Nobody's listening to you. We're, we're talking to God, and it's okay. We're all going to do it together, and that's what's important. And so give Him your sin. Right now, let's do it together. God, I just, again, to give you my anger, God, and pride, things that have been a thing in my life, God, and I just pray, Father, that you would rid me of that. I don't want it. Um, I want you, Jesus. I want to be a repentant person. I want this church, God. We, we want it to be repentant people, Father, for your name. Number eight, we forgive because Jesus first forgave us, and as we have forgiven those who sinned against us is how that prayer continues on. And so, we want to verbally forgive those who have wronged us. Now, listen to me here, okay? Forgiveness is not the same thing as staying in in a relationship or trusting that. There are some that have been in abusive relationships or maybe are in one right now. We are not saying you need to stay there. In fact, you need to get out of it. Don't stay, okay? Okay. Forgiveness is not the same thing. Somebody, a mentor once told me this, and it's powerful, it's biblical. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hope it kills the other person. Forgiveness is about me and the Lord and what He wants to do in my heart and soul, and that's what we're doing right now is walking through. I'm not going to let this be bondage and chains and, and a prison for me. I forgive them. They're yours, Jesus. And you'll let Him guide you what that relationship needs to look like. So many of them, there doesn't need to be a relationship anymore, and that's okay. This is between you and the Lord. So, right now, let's ask Him for a name. You already have it. You know it. I do. I'm going to forgive that person. I'm going to trust God with it. I don't know what all that looks like, but I'm trusting Jesus. Here we go. Together, out loud. Be bold. Be strong. Be courageous. Let's go. God, I, I pray forgiveness for Levi. God, I know I hurt him, but he hurt me too, Jesus. I don't want that to hold me up anymore, God. I need you to take it from him. I forgive him. He's yours. You died for him just like you died for me, Jesus. So I give him to you, and your will be done in that relationship, Father. Amen. Number nine, don't bring us into temptation. Let's ask God for the gift of repentance. We've asked him that we would be a repentant people. Let's ask him for the gift of repentance, that that would be a continual thing, that we might not return to sins that have been prevalent in our lives. All of us are prone to some particular sins. We're drawn to them, and they keep rearing their heads at times. We want to lay those down to the Lord and ask Him to help us be a repentant people. We don't want that. The, the Bible talks about flee from sin. Run away from it. Don't dip your toe in it. And like, oh, it kind of looks, you know, I'm just going to do this piece of—no, run away. And so, ask Him to help us do that right now. Let's ask for the gift of repentance. Let's go. God— I pray for the gift of repentance and these things that have been prevalent in my life. God, I don't want them. I want to run the other way, Father. I want to flee from them. I pray that you'd give me a hunger to run away from that sin because I know what it's going to do in my life, Jesus, and I don't want it. I don't want it. I want you, not that. So help us, God. Number 10, that he would deliver us from the evil one pray that God's authority in River Valley will work against any of Satan's work among any of us in this room. Here's the reality. Ephesians 6 says this. It feels like we're battling against people in our lives and things in our lives and situations and circumstances. Your battle is not really when you know the spiritual realm and you know what's going on with Jesus. Your battle is not against flesh and blood, man, woman. It's it's against principalities. It's against the evil one. There's a real enemy that wants to still kill and destroy in your life. But guess what? You don't have to fear that because you can take heart and take courage because he's overcome the world. He's overcome the enemy. So if we're with Jesus, his promise is that he will make our path straight and all these things will be um, given according to you. So we can trust him for that. So that's what we want to pray right now is that His authority in River Valley in your life against anything the enemy might have planned. Here we go. Let's pray. God, we declare that you are king and that if I'm with you, I don't have to worry about the enemy. I don't have to fear, God. And so I pray that you would help me do that. I pray against any work that the enemy has for us in this room, God, and we say that we're going to follow you and trust you and you're going to give me that next step. God, you're going to make my path straight. Finally here, this is not a prayer we're going to do individually, but we're actually going to read this together and declare it. This is our final declaration to who the Lord is, that we're going to say it, Father, may we live, and I'll do this in just a second, one, two, three, but we're going to live only in His kingdom by His power and His glory. So, let's read this together when I say three. Ready? One, two, three. Father, may we live only in Your kingdom by Your power and for Your glory. Amen. Now, here's what we're going to do. It's okay that it's uncomfortable. That's when God doesn't work. It's okay that we're getting stretched, okay? So, if that feels like a big stretch for you, it's good. Let it happen. Let Him do it. We're going to do this as we wrap up today is we want to encourage you, and you can start moving right now, is we want you to group up with family that you came with, friends you came with. If you came alone, that's awesome. I'm so glad you're here. We've got pastors that are going to be at every corner over here, and I'll be down front, and we'd love to pray with you. Okay, anything that we just prayed about and God laid on your heart, We want to agree together. This isn't me just praying over you. We're going to agree together in Jesus' name. So start moving right now. And this is how we're going to wrap. I'm not coming back up here to say, like, you're dismissed. We're done. We're just going to let the Lord do a work with you right now and with me. And let's pray together. Get with friends, family right now. And let's just pray. And pray and just declare who he is. If you want to pray with the pastor, come on. Thank you for listening. I pray that the message gave you hope, that you were inspired, you were challenged. And I wanna also encourage you that if you'd like to join us live, you can go to MyRiverValley.Church or download the River Valley app for more info about service times, directions, and ministries. And thank you for giving. Your generosity and how you serve as our church family is so important to us. You are helping reach people for the gospel of Jesus. You can go to MyRiverValley.Church slash give for more details there as well.